Get ready to start your new morning ritual with our new sponsor, Mudwater. Coffee is one of America's favorite beverages, with more and more people starting their coffee habits every day with a cup of that flavorful anxiety juice. But let's be real. Have you ever heard anyone say, I'm working on getting more coffee into my life? Millions of people complain about the jitters that come from coffee consumption. Our morning coffee rituals can be habit-forming and, for some people, can make getting a good night's sleep almost impossible. And while nearly all of us like the smell, taste, and ritual of our morning coffee, why not explore eliminating the negative aspects of our morning brew? Well, what if your coffee replacement helped induce alertness, not dependency, improve mental capacity and function, improve physical stamina and performance, improve immunity and overall health. Oh, and by the way, it tastes good enough to drink every single day. Meet Mudwater. Mudwater is your fastest growing coffee alternative in the market, consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures both old and young for their health and performance benefits. With one-seventh the caffeine of coffee, Mud gives you the natural energy and focus you expect from coffee, but without the jitters and crash. With an organic blend of mushrooms and ingredients like cacao, marsala chai, turmeric, lion's mane, and more, Mud Water offers a beverage like no other. Whether you want to enjoy it hot, cold, as a latte, or however you take your coffee in the morning, Mud Water is zero sugar, zero crash, zero jitter alternative, sure to leave you feeling recharged and refocused. Listen, I'm really excited to have Mud Water as a sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show because I've been able to see the Mud Water difference for myself, and you can too, so click the link in the show notes to get some mud, support the show, and get your new morning ritual started right with Mud Water. And now, onto the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Friday. We made it there, folks. What a freaking weird week we've had here, hey? Uh, If you're in the greater liberty world, I need to say no more. If you actually want to go ahead and get a little more context into what I'm referring to, I just was over on Josh Smith's awesome program, Break the Cycle, we discussed all that's happening in the libertarian world, especially in regards to party politics. So if you're curious about that, head over there, give the episode a listen. Also, we talk about some uh, some really exciting sales and marketing stuff like you are growing accustomed to here at The Brian Nichols Show. And uh, you you hear in the episode I did with Josh Smith, uh, one of the, the new demographics I think that we libertarians should really be focusing on. You've heard me tease it here in the program if you're a longtime listener, and that is... Gen Z. I think Gen Z easily has, a, I would say, almost all of the, the qualities we are looking for in creating baby libertarians. They are overtly individualistic. They see causes in the world and they want to find solutions to those problems. We libertarians are phenomenal problem solvers if we do approach things through the lens of being sales professionals, trying to be the trusted advisor. Tamina Debagorzi joins me on the program today as, I would say, a nice voice from Gen Z, specifically talking about the fears that Gen Z currently has, but also their concerns for the future. Where can we libertarians enter into the conversations that Gen Z is currently having and offer real, tangible solutions to the problems they're identifying around them? It's a great conversation, and 
I think it's an opportunity for us to get to better know who our future and I'd say our current target market and buyer persona is. So with that being said, onto the show, Tamina Debagorzi here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. Absolutely, Tamina. Well, thank you for joining the program. Young Voices, this organization is an organization near and dear to my heart. Good friend of the show, Brad Palumbo, Stephen Kent. Caleb Franz, I'm going through, I'm trying to like list off the people I know who have been a part of Young Voices, or at least I've had something to do with it, and I, I, I swear, Tamina, you guys are everywhere, you guys have been having conversations across the board with so many awesome people, but also you're raising up voices of the young and up and coming generation is going to be leading the charge on the issues that, yes, people care about, so how about this, let's start off, Tamina, introducing yourself to the program, as well as Young Voices. Absolutely. So as you just, you know, gave a perfect intro of what we do in Young Voices, uh, I'm currently the public relations associate. So what I do is I help individuals like Brad Palumbo and Stephen Kent. I mean, Stephen, him and I work together a lot. Um, And a lot of young liberty minded um, individuals who are interested in getting their foot in the door to enter the world of media and journalism. And um, we do a lot of things for them. We help them to get their op-eds published. We have uh, really good relationships with a lot of media outlets that we are able to get them on TVs and radios and podcasts. So it's pretty much a really good opportunity for a lot of individuals who are interested in writing and spreading the ideas of liberty through maybe scrutinizing certain policy issues or whatever they're interested in. And we're there for them to help them to do that. <laughs> You're talking a lot to college students, I'm assuming, right? The, the younger Gen Z, I would say, leaning demographic, which I love because elephant in the room, that's the, the group I think we should be talking more to because I think that Gen Z, by and large, has some overtly small L libertarian sentiments. They understand that, you know, they aren't just one of many, that they are them, that they are who they are, and that that individual, like, uh, that individualistic streak in them is a good thing. It's who they are. It makes them them. But also, they understand that, you know, um, there is this idea that we are you know, together, we do have this this sense of connection, of community, um, but maybe it's not of collectivism. They're, they're questioning, they see the ideas of, you know, the, the, the 50 plus one majority making the decisions for the minority, and they're they're weary of that. But also, they're a generation that they can go on to this little smart device in their, their pocket and quite literally look up and analyze anything at the top of their head in a moment's notice. And I think that's really exciting because these are the people... In, if I'm looking from a target market perspective, they are open to the ideas of liberty. So talk to us, Tamina. What are you experiencing in your conversations with the young folks? What are, and am I off base? Am I missing the boat here in terms of where the the Gen, Gen Z's mentality is? Well, Brian, I would agree with you like 80% there that my generation is the generation of internet. We know how to look things up. We are not fooled by the media as, you know, maybe previous generations always, you know, just consume whatever is fed to them. Uh, We are skeptics. We want to go after whatever they give to us. However, there are a lot of issues that my generation, you know, I'm a Gen Z, we're dealing with that is kind of unique to us that puts us in a kind of difficult position to really maybe figure out where we stand ideologically. And of course, um, our college campuses, the culture that exists there in our education system is not really friendly to maybe spreading the ideas of liberty or maybe uh, 
kind of allowing people to kind of critically think versus just listen to whatever their professors tell them. So I think this is the crucial part where um, having that conversation or that free flow of information going on. And this is where a lot of, um, you know, efforts in the liberty side comes into play is that we should not be really intimidated by this culture that exists that kind of, you know, prevents a lot of my generation to really be exposed to these ideas. We should actually raise our voice to kind of break through that filter through the college uh, campuses, through families, through individuals. And I think this is where a lot of groups like Young Voices and like Students for Liberty, Young Americans for Liberty, they come into play. They go and help people my age to get involved and learn about these ideas. Yeah. Well, and that's an area that I think is important. And it's not just... It's not just talking to Gen Z, right? But it's actually meeting you guys on the issues that you guys care about. And I think that is where your generation versus, and you you kind of teased it, right? The older generations. The older generations are much more easily influenced by the the feel-good, right? Now, Dave Smith has used this example many a time where he, he talks about when you look at from the Occupy Wall Street moment, there was kind of this this like light switch that turned on where all of a sudden the entire conversation turned away from the top 1% versus the 99%. And then to all these just completely subdivisive issues, the more culture war stuff. And it, I see your generation being much more weary of that. They're like, nah, we're not playing that game. And, And again, am I off base there or am I kind of reading the tea leaves? Right. No, that's absolutely right, because everyone has an issue that they care about. And I think what has been missing here is a lot of politicians or, you know, people like pundits and journalists, writers, people who love to talk about these ideas kind of miss the needs of our generation. Or maybe they put it in different lenses that doesn't really make sense or appeal to us. Mm. For example, yes, we we are actually worried about high cost of education. Previous generations didn't really have that issue. We are worried about the the debt that our country is into because we have to pay it, right? We inherited it from our previous generations and we have to pay it. Um, We are worried about, you know, the the housing crisis and things that we, it's kind of, you know, our issues as young people. But, you know, it's, it's sometimes difficult to find that right niche place to kind of feel like you're heard. And I believe deep inside, a lot of people find common ground on the ideas of freedom and liberty. Like you, everyone believes that like deep inside that human nature, you know, we love to live the, our lives by our terms without being, uh, without, you know, as long as you're not hurting others, of course, uh, without being told like what to do and what not to do. However, you know, there's all these other people saying that, oh, no, there has to be a coercive power to tell you what to do. Um, And I believe individuals naturally lean towards the um, towards the first option. However, uh, there are certain like appealing issues here. What like the issues that are important to my generation are not really being talked about, neither in D.C., neither in state legislation, it's just like same old, you know, boomer politicians rambling on and on and on. Well, then what do you expect? Of course, we're like people in my generation are going to kind of, you know, dissociate themselves from politics or become apathetic. They will not go out vote. They will not run for office. And, you know, like see this snowball like going over yeah. and over. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned, let's see. So they're worried about the high cost of education, worried about 
our national debt, housing. What else? What are we missing? What what are the concerns of Gen Z that aren't being discussed, particularly by those in the liberty world of politics? Well, I can write an essay for this, but just, you know, on top of my head, some of the stuff that I personally care about and I feel like they're not really talked about. So, you know, my area of interest is mostly foreign policy. And I believe my generation is really concerned, like for a great deal for like the direction that, you know, our country is going with foreign policy issues. Um, You know, we've been in Afghanistan for so many years, right? Like this is a war that we have not started. However, we're actually being deployed to like fight there, right? Um, and that's alarming. Same thing with other issues. You know, we're entering another world of, um, you know, cyber security, cyber warfare. We're uh, having another rise in power kind of, you know, emerging. But our politicians are stuck in the post-Cold War mentality still. And they're not able to really see what is happening and what is coming. Um, and, uh, you know, just to also talk about a lot of cyber issues, you know, Internet is another issue like stuff about regulations when it comes to social media. These are stuff that are really important to us, but half of the member of Congress don't know how to open their emails. So how can I expect them to really like talk about these things? Um, so this is where we need more people uh, with kind of new skill sets, mm-hmm. enter the like world of politics, just in the market of ideas uh, and talk about them. Uh, oh, girl, but- really quick. I mean, AOC, <laughs> that's her. I mean, that's why I think she got such a gravitational pull to- towards her because she was the first real politician speaking y'all language. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, before that, it was Justin Amash. So, uh, <laughs> yes, actually, he was you like... You think the- so? I think he's more millennial language. You, you think he's Gen Z or two? Well, well, he was the youngest member of Congress elected when he got elected. Fair. Now he, I mean, then he became a dad. <laughs> fair, <laughs> very fair. Like, oh. So, uh, I mean, there there have been people like, you know, AOC or, you know, Justin Amash. They were there and a lot of young people like us were like, yes, yes, finally, we sent our champion. However, I mean, someone like AOC, for example, doesn't stand for my ideas. However, uh, here's the thing, like someone like her going to Congress and me personally feeling like, oh, I don't have a voice in Congress, makes everyone else feel like, oh, then this is what your generation thinks. She is actually the spokesperson for your generation, which is not true, right? Oh, God, no. If I had half the people in my graduating class as the spokespeople for my generation, oh, Lord, help me. Lord, help my generation. Yeah, but it's not true. Like, she she doesn't speak for all of us. Um, I mean, just having someone under age of 30 in Congress is pretty awesome, but uh, we need more people uh, from my generation actually rising up to those levels. I mean, we have like some good deal of member of Congress elect members of Congress elected in the past cycle. Like we have uh, the first Iranian American woman getting elected in Congress. You know, I'm Iranian American. You know, I feel yay. And she she got elected as a Republican. Uh, we had uh, another uh, Gen Z um, member elected. Uh, also as as a Republican. Um, so I think there is some movement there. So I'm not entirely hopeless, which is something I, I do want to emphasize that um, <laughs> it, we should not be losing hope. Right. And uh, I, I feel like a lot of people, especially in the liberty movement, are, are just like, you know, whatever. I'm just going to, you know, just go on Reddit and make memes and just rant about, you know, uh, national debt and high taxes. But we should actually get on the ground and do the real work. That's how we can really, you know, get ourselves up there. Just talking about it and like complaining about it is just not going to make a difference. You know, people like AOC and her folks didn't just sit around 
and complain. They mm-hmm. got elected, then they started yep. complaining. <laughs> well, so really quick, it, is that maybe part of the appeal? Is that Gen Z is looking for people who can actually get things done? Absolutely. Mm. I think everyone wants someone who gets things done, regardless of your ideology. People love doers, not talkers. Um, I had a friend of mine who, um, you know, he's like very, very conservative, very liberty guy uh, in California. And he got on the, you know, his school newspaper to write op-eds. And I was really shocked. It's like, your editor-in-chief is a freaking like communist. How did you manage that? And he said, because I write the most number of, you know, articles for his newspaper. So he loves the fact that I do things actually. So he lets me get published, even though he disagrees with me politically. And, you know, that kind of makes sense. Like as long as, you know, we're showing up as people who uh, have integrity or doers and not just talkers, uh, people will start trusting and actually listening. Doers, not talkers. I like that. So how about this? Let's segue here towards, let's look at liberty politicians across the board. Because there's a lot of them, Republicans, Libertarians, um, all stripes. But to your point, too often I would say the not, they are missing the messaging to your generation. So instead of saying, you know, the things that those, those liberty um, those Liberty candidates are doing well. What would you say to those Liberty candidates? What are the, the top things you're seeing that are being done incorrectly when trying to reach Gen Z? Um, well, there are so many things. For example, uh, one of the, I guess, one of the biggest things that I personally feel like um, maybe the people on our end should talk about more, not that they're doing it wrong, but maybe they should emphasize on it more. It's kind of like, words of encouragement and empowerment. And I know the left has hijacked this like empowerment word, but really like uh, we feel like since we are individuals, then, you know, it's our problem. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't care if you want to run for office, that's on you, like, good luck. Uh, I'm just going to do my own thing because we're not into group thinking, right? Uh, and I believe what a lot of politicians uh, on the liberty side can do more is to kind of encourage and like actively look for those bright individuals um, and, you know, mentor them, help them get up there. Um, Unfortunately, I think that culture of mentorship is missing in our politics, um, in the liberty movement specifically, or on the right in general. That's why uh, the left is winning on so many ways. They they love mentoring each other. Just, you know, that's another reason that a lot of them become professors, because they love doing it. They, They understand the value of reaching out to those raw uh, talents we on the right we don't do that a lot i mean um organizations like young voices students for liberty or young americans for liberty they do that but i mean what about the others um we need more of that we need that to be the status quo right i shouldn't be like going and telling people hey we actually care about young people it's like duh (laughs) It should Everyone be, should. Yeah, it should be noted. Like it should be obvious that you care. And that's it's it's so annoying. <laughs> I guess annoying is the best word. It truly is though, to me. Annoying because it's it's so common sense. Like to be a human, right? To to show the empathy, to to be authentic, to be genuine, to be lovable. Like people want people who feel like they're real people. Like you can watch let let here you might this might be you know before your time but i remember back when i was in college oh way back then and it was it was you know mitt romney 
running for for president and you just see him up there and you're like really him like and i was mr gop like i was rah rah gop you know you know gop um college republicans president like i was my my entire shtick and even i was like Mitt romney like that guy because you could tell everything's rehearsed everything's gone through a focus group Everything has has been, you know, just polished up to the the nth degree. And and then you have somebody like Obama who can come across as just, you know, so authentic, so genuine, so relatable. And it, it's like, it, what are you going to do? How how are you going to be able to run just this this robot, you know, version of, re, you know, repeat GOP candidate here and expect to have a chance? And then I look at, you know, if let's, let's go to libertarians in general. If we're going to look at like the, the liberty world, you, you can't have people who just are weird <laughs> and i don't mean to you know be too mean but like, aren't we all <laughs> i know but like at least have and i've had uh you know some elected libertarians on the show but have people who can actually make libertarians human relatable to real people that's where i think especially for gen z because you guys grew up i mean this little device here this is the status quo for you guys this is how I, my sister she's she's your age and uh i'll be at home and I'll see her, I'll see her just doing like these duck faces. And I'm like, what are you doing, Sarah? She's been on the show. So she, I can, I can tease her. Um, and she'll be sending Snapchats and she's like, yeah, I got to keep my streak up. And I'm like, your streak? Now, granted, I, I open Snapchat maybe once every like, you know, three weeks to send a, a funny Snapchat of my cats because they're great. And their names are Moe's and Astrid because I love the office, um, regardless and entirely irrelevant, but I see her, I see Sarah going through and doing these Snapchats and I'm like, oh my God, like this is like, that's, that's hanging out for her. And, and it's not like a fault or a flaw. It's, it's your generation. Like this is what you guys know. And it's not a bad thing. And I think maybe this is where we see a lot of older generations get weirded out by younger generations. Cause they're like, back in my day, we used to do it like this. And I'm like, well, does that mean that it's the best way now? Granted, there are merits to the old ways of doing things. Like, I think that having the conversation we're having now would be infinitely better if we were face-to-face, right? But that doesn't mean that having this conversation, we shouldn't do it, right? Like, like you know what? We, sh- we shouldn't have this podcast uh, until we can do it face-to-face. Like, that's, I think, sometimes the mentality a lot of the older generations have. So, I, I-, I don't know where I was going with all this, but more so to say, it's exciting to know that you guys are aren't (laughs) don't take this the wrong way you guys aren't oddballs right your generation is merely just now your snapshot in time version of what the millennials were back in the 90s and early 2000s what gen x was in the 70s and 80s what the boomers were back in the 50s and 60s so you see every single generation kind of the status quo is reset right what's the new status quo for you guys technology so let me, I say all this to, to move towards this. Where do you think the new status quo is going to go? I mean, you have younger generations of Gen Z who they're growing up with school literally existing on a little iPad and then just swipe left and right. And that's school to them. So where do you think the next generations are going to go for their status quo in terms of kind of like what's just accepted as is? Well, um, first of all, uh, I believe internet and just technology overall is going to dominate everything, uh, not just the markets, but also the conversation in politics. Our relationships with other countries, our friends and enemies and allies, where our budget goes, 
is going to all be defined by that, where uh, our sense of security now is going to be you know, uh, talked about in the world of cybersecurity, you know, like your, all your data, all your valuable stuff are now in your phone. Now your information is, uh, what people can monetize. It's not just, you know, um, you walk into the grocery store and the guy like gives you a flyer and be like, Hey, you should buy this product. No, like, uh, there you're are the product now. Now you're the product. When you walk into the geofence of the store and your phone goes onto their Wi-Fi, you're part of their, their product now. I mean, we're uh, there's no such a thing as product. We're all, you know, <laughs> quoting Robert California uh, from Office. Um, so, <laughs> oh, that was a that was okay. Hold on, time out. That was probably so. Over my shoulder, you can see I got my Michael Scott here. I'm a huge Office fan. That was a that was a deep tracks Robert California drop. Thank you. I appreciate that. Continue. So, um, yeah, so like talking about that, there's no such a difference. There's not a lot of difference between selling like $10 million, like or oil refinery equipment or paper, as he puts it. Uh, it's all about the individual. It's all about feeling, you know, Love. close to the people. Yes. And, and I think, um, it has been a lot like in the past, it's been always about that, but in different means. And it's going to be like that forever because we as humans haven't evolved at all. Like that in the short amount of time. Uh, but as I said earlier, it's going to be all defined in the world of, you know, technology. Um, and, you know, just like talking about like foreign policy again, um, like a lot of challenges that we're facing today is not, you know, going and fighting wars in person. It's all about cyber warfare. You know, every hack, everything that happens, is just going to, you know, it's going to cost like billions of dollars, right? Um, so, this is just going to be status quo. I mean, it is already a status quo. Um, so I believe the way that my generation can come into play is really recognizing these changes that are unique to our time. And no other generation has the ability or the time on their hand to adjust and like learn new skills. No, we were born into the generation of internet. We know how to deal with it. We know how it works. And, um, and that we are the ones who are able to address the issues coming with it. Um, and I believe that will give my generation the most edge. Uh, uh, there was this, you know, my favorite thing that said behind every boomer that makes six figures uh, uh, that doesn't know how to open a PDF is a Gen Z who's broke and is helping the guy to open the PDF. Um, so that's, that's, the, the truth like their generation just doesn't is just not equipped with child with our world's challenges right now and i'm not saying it in a bad bad no. way oh god no um, no by the way so <laughs> you, you you mentioned the cybersecurity side of things so my audience at this point has heard a million times my day job i'm the director of sales uh development and marketing for a telecommunications and cybersecurity company here on the east coast and this like I cannot stress it enough. This is the future. Like cyber warfare, ransomware. Um, I mean, you vulnerability. Uh, I mean, phishing campaigns, the vulnerability hacking. It's all going through the roof. We're seeing, I mean, exponential increases in these attacks. So complete side note, folks, if you ever want to get help with that, email me on the side, Brian at BrianNicholsShow.com. <laughs> I can help you out there, especially you uh, medium to large businesses. But for the individual, I mean, think about around our homes. I have a jokey little, you know, Alexa overthrow the government over my shoulder here, but all of us have these Googles or Alexas and IOT, Internet of Things, 
it it opens up endpoint vulnerabilities for everybody. There was a, oh my God, here's a crazy, to me as we're wrapping up, unfortunately, because we're already getting close on time. This conversation can keep going because we're having a lot of fun. But there was a, a crazy story I shared with my team um, when I was talking about some cybersecurity stuff. It was a, a hotel in Las Vegas and all their um, their client information got hacked. And you know how they got into the network? They hacked it through the thermometer on the fish tank. Whoa, that's wild. What? That's some like spy, you know, like <laughs> just straight out of spy movies. You know, that's but, crazy. Isn't that insane? <laughs> and like, and here's, here's the scary part. That's not unnormal. <laughs> not like, anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. And like, that's, and I think maybe as we're, you know, kind of putting the bow on the episode, to your point, that is why it's so important for the older generations to maybe you don't have to like agree with the young whippersnappers, but like hear them out because you guys are, you've grown up with the technology. I mean, your, your reflexes, even just watching my sister use her phone, then me using my phone. It's she's so much faster. It's not a different phone. I mean, well, it is, she has an iPhone and it's not because iPhones are better than Android, but because she's so much faster when she's just growing up using it, it's intuitive to her. I, I mean, I grew up I here's a fun oh man I'm dating myself my phone <laughs> when I first I, I got the first LG touchscreen phone it was the LG Voyager and it featured a uh, voice to text and I had a friend in high school who he he bet me five dollars that he could type on his um his little keyboard on his phone faster and more accurately than my voice to text. And just thinking that that was where my, like, that was the cool thing. That, like, we're testing the technology. And that was, like, in the mid-2000s. And here we are in 2021. And, like, where are we going to be in 2045? Where are we going to be in 2060? Like, I'm I'm excited. Because I think we're going <laughs> to see, to me, the, the, the status quo as it changes and as it the bar raises it is going to require us to work more collaborative uh, collaboratively because the younger generations are going to be the ones growing up with the newer technologies and us old folks over here, you know, the millennials, we're going to need, and as are the Gen X's and are the baby boomer boomers are going to need the help of Gen Z in the generations that follow. So with that being Absolutely. said, whoo, that was a lot and a lot of fun. Let's be real. I mean, this is probably one of my favorite conversations I've had here in recent minds. So we're going to keep the conversation going off air because we're going to get you back on the show for sure and promote more of Young Voices. But in the meantime, I want folks to go ahead and not only support Young Voices, but support you. So Tamina, where can folks go ahead and follow you if they want to learn all things that's going on Young Voices, but also Gen, uh, Gen Z? Yeah, so um, my Twitter handle and my name is right there. Uh, you can give me a follow. Also, uh, going on young-voices.com slash talent. You can look up my name and also check out all the other wonderful talents uh, that are part of the Young Voices Contributor Program and check out their portfolios. We all have a lot of articles and you know interviews, fun stuff talking about all these issues uh, on our portfolio. So check them out. And, you know, we'd love to hear your feedback. You know, we'd love to improve what we do um, and we'd love to hear what you care about. Just tell me. And it all, I'm also a columnist for Orange County Register. So maybe your idea and your issue is my next op-ed. So hit me. There you go. Tamina DeBagorze, thank you so much for joining us here on today's fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Folks, if you enjoyed the episode, please do me a favor, share, but also make sure 
sure you go ahead and follow Tamina and all the amazing work she and the Young Voices crew are doing. Tamina Debagorzi. There we go. Thank you for joining me here at the Brian Nichols Show. Debagorzi. We're going to get there. My apologies. Thank you for joining us here at the Brian Nichols Show. You're welcome. Thank you, Brian. Bye. Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian. Folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by piquing interest. And what better way to pique some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor of the Brian Nichols Show. So do me a favor, head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Tamina Debagorzi. Thank you, Tamina, for joining us here on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Yes, helping us learn how to better sell to, I dare say, one of the most important demographics that we in the greater liberty movement should be focusing on. So thank you for helping us better focus our time and, uh, I say time, energy, and attention across the board, Tamna, because at the end of the day, if we want to go ahead and actually get top of mind when it comes to our Gen Z potential voters and potential cohorts, well, it requires us to to enter into those conversations they are currently having. So if you enjoyed today's episode, well, do me a solid, go ahead and give it a share. Also, make sure you tag Tamina and go ahead and give yours truly a tag as well at B Nichols Liberty, Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, or Parlor.com, wherever it is. Please go ahead, give me a tag again at B Nichols Liberty. Also, did you enjoy the program today? Well, I would love to hear about it. Add as add wood as would the tens of thousands of downloads we get every single month from you amazing subscribers here in the program. So head to briannicholshow.com forward slash review and give us a quick five-star rating and review. It is that easy, briannicholshow.com forward slash review. Yes, I loved it to hear. We heard that review uh, back from, I think it was Aaron, uh, back on Wednesday's episode regards to our sales episodes we've been doing with Jeremy Todd. Uh, and yeah, it's it's been great to see the, the outreach we've had, but also thank you to uh, the folks, especially those who've been following as I've been going on these different shows. I, I mentioned I was over on Josh Smith's program here back on Thursday night. Um, it's it's great to be able to have these conversations outside of even our traditional circles here at the Brian Nichols Show, the Greater We Are Libertarians Network. Let's go ahead and have conversations with folks about the issues that matter right now. If we're in the liberty movement, it's trying to reach new people. That's top of mind issues. And if you want to uh, better become top of mind uh, for all the folks out there we're trying to sell liberty to, well, how can you do it? Well, first and foremost, head to briannicholshow.com forward slash Liberty Friends ebook. That's right. You can get five, uh, five, four. There we go. Make it even easier. Four easy steps you can take right now to help sell Liberty to friends and family. It is a free resource that I have given to you. 
the amazing folks who support us here at the Brian Nichols Show, because at the end of the day, that's the goal, is to sell liberty to real people, and the most real people that we have in our lives are the people immediately in our circles, and that's family and friends. So, let's focus on selling to those folks. It's a free resource, briannicholshow.com forward slash Liberty Friends ebook. Also, if you want to go ahead and support the program, you can join our Patreon. Again, you can go to a Patreon. It's right there, the link on the, uh, the homepage of briannicholshow.com, or you can go ahead and uh, support us, briannicholshow.com forward slash shop and get some awesome merch. Now, you guys are very familiar with these don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper stickers. It, I heard you. It was for the Patreon subscribers only for the longest time. And it was for our $5 and $10 a month subscribers. Um, but I, I hear you loud and clear. You guys wanted them. So I, I worked with my team over at Proud Libertarian. We are able to get these proud or these awesome new don't hurt people, don't take people stuff bumper sticker available for you anywhere out there. All you have to do, head to briannicholshow.com forward slash shop. You can find that bumper sticker as well as amazing other, uh, whether it's libertarian swag, such as our awesome question, everything snapbacks, um, good ideas. Don't require force t-shirt Alexa overthrow the government bumper stickers and more. There is so much for you to go ahead and find over at proud libertarian. Uh, and that's again, our affiliate uh, sponsor. We've been working here at the Brian Nichols show and now an official partner of the Brian Nichols show. So excited to have that relationship going forward. BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash shop. Coming up here on Sunday, continuing with our Sunday candidate highlight series. You guys heard my uh, call, my plead, and that was please send me candidates because I need to help support some awesome libertarian candidates. Well, Travis Bull Johnson, uh, he sent a couple candidates my way, and the candidate we are talking to on Sunday is Nathan Atkins. He is running for mayor of Minneapolis. I am so excited to have a local candidate on the show because we can talk about hyper-specific local issues. And folks, if you are a longtime listener of The Brian Nichols Show, you know it's those hyper-local specific issues that will help us win elections. So, Make sure you've hit that subscribe button so you're not missing a single episode for you, YouTube listener. Hit that notification bell and also give us a thumbs up. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Tamina Debagorzi. We'll see you Sunday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.